We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Johnson Wiki here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. And the topic of the day is sex. But we're going to talk about sex, mainly about the female. And how you can educate men along the way. Now here's another thing that we have to also discuss. Some of the tragic incidents that have happened within the last two months. So we're going to address those. In fact, let's do that first. And then we'll go into the other nitty gritty details. Now back on February 23rd, 2022... There was a lady by the name of Taylor Skabusiness out of Wisconsin. I don't know if you've heard about this story, read about it. You can go to the New York Post. You can go to uh, facebook.com backslash romantic truth. And the article is there and you can read it for yourself. This woman was 24. Her boyfriend or guy she was with was 25. They haven't released his identity, so... The case is still pending in court now. I think they go up for trial this week. But here's the gist of things to give you an idea. She comes over to his place and he's living at his mother's house. They start having sex. They're smoking meth. And during sex, she starts to choke it. Now, mind you, this is a very attractive woman because I would tell you, I would have fallen victim to her myself. And so he's being choked by this woman. And somewhere along the line with this meth craze, because both of them were high at the time, she goes to the kitchen and gets several knives, one of them being a serrated bread knife. She decapitates the man And then she cuts off his penis. Now, we can only imply that the charges that include sexual assault has to do with something that she did with him and it specifically said that after he was dead. So we're only assuming that she probably used his penis for some kind of sexual arousal afterwards. She put his head and his penis in a bucket She took his upper torso and put that in a sports bag. She took his feet, his legs, and put them in a crock pot inside of her van. This woman drove back home to her place. Meanwhile, the mom, the gentleman's mother, comes home, sees this calls the police and they track this lady down to get to her house she's still wearing the same clothes the blood had dried on her clothing they go into the van they find the feet in the crock pot well his whole legs in the crock pot and now she's up for trial here's the thing folks This lady had an ankle monitor that she slipped out of prior to this incident. They would not disclose what the charge was, but now she has a $2 million cash bail. If you want to follow the case, you can on Court TV, and they'll be covering it from day one. 
I think the opening argument started Tuesday. So we'll see how this goes. You can comment if you'd like. Anchor.fm backslash romantic truth backslash message on this particular topic. Taylor Business is the person's name. But all of this is quote unquote allegedly according to the New York Post. But it seems like the charges are pretty heavy for it to be alleged. Okay. Now here's the thing that I would say about something like this. You run the risk whenever you're inebriated or intoxicated or not within your right frame of mind when it comes down to having sex. This goes for ladies and gentlemen. And I tell guys all the time, if a woman is drunk, she's God's country. Don't touch her, don't sleep with her. Just put her to sleep where she won't throw up and swallow her own vomit. But don't sexually assault her, even if she invites you to do so if she's drunk or high. Because as soon as she comes up and she's sober, she may not have agreed or consented to anything you followed up on. So you want it where she's sober enough to make mutual consent. So that means that she would have to be of conscious mind to be with you. Then you have a viable argument. But if she's intoxicated or drugged out, you don't have any say in it. And even though you got a QPA, quick piece of ass, the problem is that she can always say that you raped her. Who knows, you might wind up being a father. And a lot of men have been stuck in fatherhood based on this premise. They'll sleep with the drunk girl after the party, after the nightclub, not think anything of it. Ten years down the road, he's getting a subpoena to court and required to take a DNA test. Comes up positive, now he has to pay child support. Might run the risk of being put in jail because it's been ten years and he's in arrears. And this is what you have to really watch. A lot of you ladies have to watch the same thing. Because these guys will drop rupees in your drink. Rupees or whatever. And you don't want that either. This is the reason why I tell you ladies. When you get a drink. Drink it before you go to the bathroom. If you're going to order a drink. Don't order it and then go to the bathroom. Wait until you are done in the bathroom and then come back so you can sit with that drink, nurse it, and drink it as we, at will. Be careful about trusting people at the bar, even the bartender. Don't do it. Because some of these people are in on it. You don't want to trust anybody, not even your friends sometimes, because they can be lured away from the drink, and before you know it, somebody else can come in and put something in it. If your drink tastes funny, only one sip. Don't try to drink the whole thing and think it's going to get better. One sip, if it doesn't taste right, tell the bartender. There's a possibility somebody tampered with your drink. You never know. People will do that. People that desperate to get with someone that they can just, you know, kind of own, so to speak. And it's the only way they could do it. It's fine. Damn, they're knocking them out. Now, another thing to keep in mind with this as well. When you're dealing with someone that's been drinking too much and you try to have them slow down, your main objective is to make sure that that person gets home safely. Now, it's not your responsibility if they didn't come with you, but most people have a sense of decency and they don't want someone being taken advantage of. I remember specifically in Hollywood when we go out to the clubs, some of the white girls especially, in Orange County too, they would get crazy stinking drunk. 
And these girls would just go, put them in the fireman's carry, and carry them down the street just like they were <laughs> clothes on the shoulder. And I thought that was the strangest thing in the world. But this is what they would do because they looked out for their girlfriends. Now, another thing you'll notice, you ladies are very good at this. When you go out as a group and some of you get toe up, there's a couple of you that still stay sober so you can take care of your girlfriends just in case something happens. That's a good thing. That's commendable. A lot of you ladies have been saved from some bad situations by your friends. Now, another thing too. One thing that I don't recommend, and some guys do this in particular, they will go and take a woman home who's intoxicated and not realize that if he's not too careful with this, he can also be charged with kidnapping, depending on how far they go. Let me give you an example. Take, for instance, the lady lives in Oklahoma City, right? You meet her in Oklahoma City, you guys are having drinks, you're having a good time, and she's totally soused. But you live in Texas. And so you drive down to Texas, you live near the border of Texas. She's still drunk, passed out. You bring her home. You walk her into your house. You lay her in the bed, she sleep. She wakes up and she's in another state. Now she may appreciate you looking out for her like that. But do not be surprised if she goes and says, Hey, you kidnapped me. She would have a legitimate claim. You've taken her out of state. She did not have the will of consent. And you'd also be dealing with a federal statute violation. Well, kidnapping is handled on a federal level. And at that point, she could say, you did anything in the world to her. So you have to be careful about that in particular. And in some cases, you don't even have to go out of state. But the whole thing you have to understand is be safe. Look at your laws in your state. We want to take a look at the federal laws to see what about the specifics of kidnapping. But I'm telling you, this is what you have to think about, fellas. There's a lot of responsibility. Now, fellas, you'll run across women who you'll meet in a nightclub and they may just want to go out they might have driven the minivan or driven a vehicle an RV in some cases I've seen that happen and what they did they did that specifically so that they could come there and have sex with as many men as they choose be mindful of that too I've gone to a mini club and saw a mini woman walk in and you see them mingling with the guy for about 15-20 minutes then they disappear, they leave they get the hand stamped so they can come back in the club, they come back in and then she's talking to someone else and they're out, it's just like it's a job interview process and I remember one night in particular I asked the guy about that, I said man I thought you were with her just a minute ago, he says oh man she took me out to her van, we screwed and I'm back here now I'm like, damn. So then I started to realize this is what this mom, middle-aged mom, was doing. Some women will do this. It varies. Now, the other thing to keep in mind, there was an Iranian woman that was here in Vegas back on March 5th. Went into a hotel room to have sex with this guy. She has sex with him pulls out a knife and begins to stab him and the reason why she did that it was a political statement because there was this uh, Iranian I believe colonel or general that was killed in Iraq I mean yeah in Iraq due to a bombing 
And so this was her revenge and payback for that incident. So her trial should be coming up soon as well. So you see there are different reasons for this violence. But it's still violence no matter what. And true enough, men commit more violence against women than women do against men, statistically. But what we have to understand, though, is that when these women do this, they probably wind up on Snapped, an episode of Snapped or Deadly Women. And a lot of times society thinks that, well, you know, these ladies are victims. And some are. But you have some that they may have a deep-seated anger or hatred based on something that happened in their lives. This woman was Iranian, and she didn't like one of her countrymen being killed. The other lady, Ted, it's good business. Her problem was she was high with her boyfriend. They both got messed up smoking mad. So it varies. It's situational. And when you're intimate with someone, you never know the triggers. You never know the things that may do you in. Let's talk more in just a moment. I recently reviewed some of the horrific uh, events that took place from the denial of sex. And it's mind-boggling. There was a 54-year-old woman who had a husband that denied her sex. And feeling that she was rejected and not appreciated, she killed him, stabbed him to death. There was a man in India that had a 19-year-old daughter. The daughter was married. One evening, he decided to kick the husband out of the house. And then he wanted to sexually assault the 19-year-old daughter. He wound up killing her. This more has to do with rage and anger than it does any kind of sexual desire, resentment in some sort of form. There was an Italian man, 27 years old, back in 2014. I think it was 2014, they said. He drove this woman off the road, poured alcohol over her vehicle, set it on fire. She drove off. Now, the reason why he did this was because he pulled his penis out and apparently he thought that she was going to suck it. He chased the woman down. She gets out of a car. He douses her with alcohol and sets her ablaze. She dies. 2015, in Africa. A woman's husband denies her sex because he's tired, sleepy, doesn't feel like it. He falls asleep in the bed. She falls asleep in the kitchen. She wakes up, gets an axe, and hacks him to death. Now, in all these situations, you have to remember the underlying thing is this rejection. And ladies, I will tell you, for some people it runs deep, but it also runs deep for you too. It depends on how well you handle rejection. The implications are there. Some women are not used to being rejected because there's so many men after them. And some focus in on that one guy out of all the men that want them, that one guy that they want. And once they're rejected by him, that's not a good look. 
Now the sad thing about it is this. A lot of men go through this rejection. And you have to understand one thing about us. You see these guys write these angry profiles online talking about how women ain't this and how they're manly this and women's rights and all this stuff and they're talking about how liberal they are and they're being negative on progressive things. In other words, the red pill guy. A lot of it has to do with the fact that he was rejected by women, especially in the early stages of his life. See, the most impactful period when it comes to men and rejection happens when they're in their early teens all the way up through their mid-twenties. And sadly, this is where it goes. And so, by that time, they've been rejected by the high school girl that they couldn't get. So, they're mulling over that. The high school girl that doesn't have the self-esteem about herself, who's maybe a little frumpy, or maybe just a little too generic, and she's overlooked by all the other guys. What commonly happens, the guy that's been rejected for the women that he has really tried to go for, and usually what these guys will do they will go for women that are way out of their league over time. And the further they go out of their league, a lot of times the lower their self-esteem is. So they'll go for women who may be super attractive and not even close to interested in them. Because they feel as though they would rather be rejected by the best as they see it. But except the worst. So what happens? He gets rejected by the beautiful woman. So he lowers his expectations for that frumpy girl or that girl that was very shy. And that's usually who he's going to want to be matched with. Meanwhile, while the woman he aspired to get with wound up with the football jock, or the guy who has all the panache in class. Now, here's the downside for many guys. They look at it from the standpoint that if she does the woman that he desired first, that he got rejected by, if she does become available, he's going to drop everything he's doing to see if he can get with her, or even a woman like her of her caliber, of her status. <clears throat> because you got to remember his ego has been bruised. And some people take rejection in different ways. So as a man, what you learn to do is take rejection without any problem. But sometimes women, it is difficult. She may go and ask a guy out online, text him. And she's waiting with bated breath for his response. Welcome to the club, ladies. That's what men go through all the time. So it may be a monumental event for you, but for us, it's standard operating procedure. And we already expect the answer to be no. That's the reason why we have such a volume of women that we contact when it comes to dating sites and those kind of things. Because the likelihood is we're going to be rejected by 100 just to get 10. And the reason being, there are so many men vying for your attention. We know this. Now, another thing about this kind of uh, thinking, this kind of situation. If a woman doesn't wind up with the guy she wants, she may very easily run a negative profile or negative ad on a dating app. Talking about all the things she does not want in a man. And it may be very long. And at this point, not too many men are going to be interested in her anyway. And the men she does get in her life, just like with the guy, 
they're going to be people with low self-esteem, lower than the self-esteem of the person that's advertising. Someone they can walk on emotionally. And this person's just glad to get attention from someone else. Now, another thing too. The second loneliest part of a man's life will usually start around his 50s and up. And the reason being, divorces usually come about around 48 to 49 years of age. And what that means is that there's a sense of obsolescence for the man. If he has not accomplished uh, all of his life goals in the sense of having enough resources and money, he's not going to be that attractive to too many women because now it's about what he has, not who he is. And so this puts him in that same category where he found himself when he was a teenager, but he's a lot wiser. And this is for the reason many of these older men go for younger women. Because going for a younger woman, the women will already understand that, hey, you know, about ED and those kind of things. And so it's not going to be as much pressure as people think. See, a lot of people think that the old man's got to take Viagra and keep up with these young girls. That's not the case at all for many of them. They put themselves in that position, but they don't have to. See, that younger girl will say, he's 59, she's 19. As an extreme measure, that's what, 40 year difference. Well, she already knows she's got more time to burn than he has to live, more than likely. So with that, she could slow walk herself through situations where he may not be aroused by her, may not be erect from time to time. So she doesn't have to be that demanding on sex with him. Because she knows she always has the possibility of going and getting with someone in her peer group for those satisfactions and those measures to be met. As I've always said, men have to deal with ED, many women have to deal with dryness. So we all have something that we would have to contend with as we age. Now, there's another factor that comes into play here. And that is incompatibility in the bedroom. Now, what does this mean? And this is a big issue for some couples. We've written in about it. Incompatibility. Some guys think that the bigger you are, the more you will please a woman. If you don't know what you're doing with it, you're not going to do a damn thing but make her sore. The next thing, the lack of communication towards sex and consideration. The guy gets on top of her and he's trying to run a damn hundred yard dash. And a lot of you young guys don't realize that the reason why many of these women don't want to see you again is because they look at you as being selfish or just coming in there and pounding on them and getting off and saying, oh, was it good for you? Well, but many of them know. And that's the reason why they don't want to be with you again. So you have to be very considerate. Now, According to that one study, the majority of women prefer girth over length. It depends on how the woman's vagina is made inside. Some women have a curvature that goes upward. Others have one that goes downward. Others may have one to the left or to the right. It depends. Each woman is different. So therefore, she has to accommodate according to what you bring to the table. In one study, the women said size didn't matter that much. And usually around seven and a half inches is comfortable. 
nine for some women. But here's what you have to understand. See, a woman goes for the fit, how it's going to fit inside of her. That's going to make everything work a little bit better because with her, she wants to be comfortable. She doesn't want to be in pain. She wants to feel good. This is the reason why some of you guys, after you finish and she's orgasmed and you ejaculated in her, she doesn't want you to pull out because it feels good right there. She loves the way that feels because of the fit. But now, the others, as soon as you do it, she's like, no, take that big thing out of me. Mm-mm. And she's sore. She's uncomfortable. Now, she's not going to come out and complain a lot of times, but yeah, there have been women that have divorced their husbands because their penis was too big. But my question was, why in the hell did you marry him in the first place? Now, other things to keep in mind. Positions, sexual positions. You want to be comfortable. Guys, you need to listen to the lady when she tells you, I need to be turned like this, or we need to do it this way, because she knows what stimulates her body. Don't get in the mindset of treating everyone the same in the bedroom. They have different ways of being stimulated, different ways of getting to that orgasm. And another thing, fellas, you've written in, you've written in about this plenty of times before. What is the situation about the clear fluid that comes out of a woman? Sometimes women will have excessive fluid that will build up in their bodies. So when they orgasm, it looks like pee, but it's not. Some of them are squirters. And they squirt this clear, odorless fluid out of their vagina. And it goes a pretty good distance, too. Sometimes it's very heavy and you have to wear your fisherman's suit so you don't get drowned. But it's okay, but some women are embarrassed by that and ladies, don't be. Guys, like... Now let's talk about female masturbatory practices. As you know, around 76% of men masturbate according to the Sexual Behavioral Study Program. And women, around 68%. I think that number is higher, but women can be very modest when they respond to these things because sex is an issue for some women. Now, one of the main things that you will have to face, gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast, will be a woman with her body issues. The reason being, it's not so much that men have done the damage of telling her that she's too fat or whatever. Other women do this. And sometimes they do it jokingly. But see, women are very sociable. So they can laugh and talk about things like that. And, and sometimes people take it to heart. <clears throat> We know as men that if we crack a joke on another guy, there's a good possibility we'll have a fight. Look what happened as an example with Will Smith and Chris Rock. So what you have to do, we as men have to measure our jokes and insults. Women, on the other hand, may say some things and women will just banish that person and not speak to them anymore, but still have the hurt intact. And so, they may give them an inferiority complex that will transcend into a relationship when they're with another man. It will come down to where she may not feel as though she's physically attractive. So you have two insecurities going in the bedroom, ladies. The man may fear being inadequate for you, but you may feel as though physically you're inadequate for him. 
That's the insecurity. That's the nexus that bring you together. Now, the thing to keep in mind too is this. When you guys decide to become intimate, there's some things that you're going to reveal to each other. And ladies, it's not uncommon that 65% of you use a vibrator, dildo, can, beer can, hell, fruit, vegetables, baseball, softballs, whatever. You use different objects to stimulate you. Depends on the woman. Depends on what she finds more desirable. And yes, folks, the things I've mentioned, people have used them and do use them for sexual stimulation. Now, and I'm not endorsing any of those, but here's the thing. <coughs> Excuse me. The problem is, is that a lot of men are alienated and foreign to devices that women will use on themselves, such as wands, such as butterfly, such as vibrators, dildos. And so, in many of the men's playbook, those are bad things. Because a lot of guys are brought up to think that if she pulls out a toy, that he's inadequate. He's obsolete. The toy outranks him. Think of it like back in the day when people didn't want to learn how to use machines because they were used to doing it manually at work. And they feared that that machine was going to replace them. Instead of them educating themselves to operate that machine so they could keep their job, they would rather lose their job through obsolescence. And this is what's happened here. (coughs) So these guys would walk away from relationships when the woman would pull out the vibrator or pull out the dildo. Now here's something that you have to keep in mind. You're dealing with a level of insecurity where sometimes people just can't cope. So you have to explain to him, you need to have that talk with him early in the relationship when you start talking about sex. Ask him, so how do you feel about adult toys in the bedroom? Huh? That would be your response and answer right there because he's going to either say it's okay or he's going to be intimidated. Oh, we don't need those things. I'm good enough for you. Now, a lot of you ladies are embarrassed by using these objects because this is something that's private for you and you prefer doing this. But you only want to do it in the solitude of your environment. You don't want your boyfriend or husband to know that you're doing it or to even participate. Now you have to watch that because you're becoming very selfish with yourself. And sometimes that's not a good thing. You want to share this with your partner. Show them what stimulates you. Show them that they may have to, they penetrate you and they may have to use the vibrator or whatever over your clitoris in order to enhance the sensation or wherever you want to put it because see here's the thing he's trying to make you happy and he wants to see you get that big O because see to a guy when that happens he feels as though hey I accomplished this so that means that I satisfied her in a way where she knows I can do it because I know her body now. It's an achievement for him. But some of you ladies are embarrassed. And so even though that guy's pounding away, he's not even getting close to it. You're trying everything in the world to guide him. You're showing him. You're taking his penis, putting it into place, but it's not working. And for some of you, the reason why it's not working is because you've been using your vibrator and your devices so long that you know exactly what it takes for you to orgasm within two minutes as opposed to 15 to 30 with this guy. And this is with foreplay included, mind you. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, what happens here? You go in, you do this, and you realize you're still frustrated. 
he's busting nut and he's going over there asleep. You're laying there, semen draining out of you. Your legs are open and you're looking up at the ceiling fan like, what the hell happened? So you go to the bathroom, get your little toy, and you finish yourself off. This is the story of a lot of marriages. But here's the thing you have to understand. Before you get to that point, you need to incorporate these devices and these desires into your dialogue with your partner so that when you guys go into the bedroom, he's not intimidated by these things. You show him how to use them. You show him how it can enhance the situation between the two of you. And then once he sees this, he's no longer fearful. He's going to learn it and he's going to master it. Now there are still others of you that are ashamed that you are relegating yourself to using your fingers, using a device, an object, in order to stimulate yourself when you're not dating. Fellas, let me tell you something. A lot of these women bragging about they've been celibate for 12 years, like the one lady did, sending me photos of herself, talking about she's proud and celibate. And I said, okay, a man hasn't been between your legs, but how many times have your fingers and a device? That stopped her cold. Because then I'd called her out on what she had been doing. And there's nothing wrong with that, ladies. It's up to you, it's your body. I've always believed in that. Now here's the thing I will say though. Some of you are embarrassed because you've used these things so long that you don't know how to orgasm any other way. And you're kind of ashamed of it because you're having to use your fingers as a device or an object and you feel as though, why am I fucking myself? But you don't want to get into a relationship with someone just for that purpose. Because there's a lot of overheads. You got to get to know them and all those kind of things. You got that urge now. But a lot of men are under the misconception that you're celibate during that whole time and you're not doing anything to yourself. And there are some women who do not. But we all have needs. Working out at the gym, immersing yourself in the work, denying yourself of the thoughts of those things, it only lasts so long. Now, with this embarrassment and this shame, sometimes you don't want to tell your partner that you may need those devices in order to get you over that big old. And you try and you try, but you're frustrating yourself. But now, here's the thing. You can incorporate this in your foreplay. Let's start out with the toys, honey. And then he's playing around with you, doing what you want him to do with the wand or whatever. So now you're becoming aroused. And as you're becoming aroused, he's hitting the erogenous zones and those kind of things. You're getting wet. And now you're at that point where you're ready. You're really ready for it. And what this does, it makes it easier for you to climax. Makes it easier for him to ejaculate. Because men also have to realize this. What many women want to do with their man is to come with them at the same time. See, that helps with the bond it helps with the unit and so you'll hear the woman sometimes say honey don't come yet don't come yet I'm almost there don't come yet or she'll say something like you know honey you got to speed up a bit because I'm about ready to go and then before you know it she's trying to keep in sync with you so that when it does happen it happens in a way that you both can enjoy it Now here's the thing, fellas. When she has that deep, strong orgasm from the pit of her body, her knees are going to be like noodles. 
because that's that one orgasm she had been waiting for for a long time. She's going to be weak as hell after she does it. I mean, she is going to be exhausted. And there are a lot of ladies who are married, who are in relationships, who never had that experience. I've dated older women when I was younger that never had an orgasm throughout their marriage, and they had children. And you'll run across people like that. Because a lot of these women were brought up traditionally. You didn't use toys. You didn't play with yourself. You just went on and accepted whatever the man gave you. And so, they never knew their bodies. And then they have this younger guy who started working with them and started asking them different questions and started taking them to sex shops so they could experiment with certain things. And then they were like, damn, after they got that first one, they were like, oh shit, I've been missing out on this all this time. But they were so rigid because it was the way they were brought up. Those things were taboo. You didn't talk about those things. But this is what happened. Now, foreplay, we're going to get into this a little bit. Fellas, it's required that you do this with women. Some of them may require it longer than others. Some can be stimulated just by you kissing them, and they may have very sensitive breasts. And that's enough to do it for them. There are others where you're talking maybe an hour foreplay. And what they want to do a lot of times is to get good and wet and ready. Because see, you're building up that anticipation. And it's like cooking a meal and letting it simmer. Because she wants to explode. And not only that, what she's going to try to do is to hold off as long as she can. Because what she's doing is, she's restraining herself. So that when she does have sex with you, it's not going to be an experience that's going to be where it's work. That's the reason why she's doing it, so that she can build up the pleasure that she expects to have. So you have to take advantage of that opportunity. So ask her where her erogenous zones are. Ask her what she likes. Hey, so what place on your body stimulates you the most? She'll be able to tell you right off the bat because she knows. Because see, she's already experimented with herself. So she knows exactly what parts there are. And she'll be able to tell you. There are some women that'll tell you straight up, okay. Now, you can mess with anything on my body, but don't touch my clitoris. Because if you do that, I'm, I'm over the moon. And so what she'll do is, she'll have you do everything else, but mess around with the clitoris. If she's stimulated down there a lot. And she's not going to let you do that until after you guys are having sex. And after you've stimulated the other points in her body. Because she knows that that is the trigger and that's the switch. But the thing is, she doesn't want to hit that switch right off the bat. She want to let it simmer. So that when she does hit that switch, she's in heaven. But you have to talk to her and find out what those zones are. You could experiment a little bit, but remember, every woman is different. They're wired differently. I can't stress that enough. Because some of you guys are making mistakes left and right. We'll talk more in a moment. So let's review some of the things that we've discovered in this particular episode. One, drugs, alcohol should be limited when it comes down to having sex with a partner. Reason being, things can go left. As in the situation of uh, Taylor's um, she business and the other lady out of uh, Iran as an example, along with many others. So you want to leave those things and political issues out of the mix. 
getting, you know, having vendettas to have sex, revenge, cheating, that kind of thing. Let it go. It's not worth it. Get those negative emotional vibes out of your situation. Another thing, ladies, do not leave your drinks unattended at a bar. Simply put, either have your girlfriend watch it and make sure that she's just going to stay there with the drink. But it's always best to either order the drink after you've gone to the bathroom. But do not, or if you're going to have to go to the bathroom, drink that drink up before you leave. So in that way, you don't run the risk of being drugged. Also, fellas, if you're coming to Vegas or any city and you happen to meet a woman, if you bring her to your hotel room, if you have any alcoholic beverages or any beverages at all, make sure you consume them and watch them. One thing that women do, and some have done it here in Vegas along with other places, they will put Visine eye drops or any kind of Bosch and Lom eye drops in your drink. And it's supposed to make you drowsy. People have died from this. This is very dangerous. This stuff is not to be consumed. And some of these women do this. So really watch yourselves. And ladies as well. Because some guys will do it. And let me tell you the consequences legally are horrendous. If you get caught. Just pointing it out there. Now, other things we've covered, we talked about situations where there's rage and anger when it comes to sex. Folks, let me tell you something. If you're noticing this in that person, don't have sex with them. If they start talking negatively about your gender or your sex, you're not going to be able to change them by having sex with them. You're not going to be able to change their opinion. It's an anger that's deep-seated well before you met them. Why do you think rape is considered a crime of anger as opposed to a sexual offense? Because that's what it is. The sex is the representation of that anger. That's all that is. And so, when you start hearing those sentiments from an individual, just distance yourself from them and you don't want to deal with them. And ladies, if you're ever sexually assaulted, it's never your fault. No matter what you're wearing, no matter what you're doing. Guys, you're going to run across women who are teasers. These are women who will go out to the clubs wearing mini skirts, no panties, and they want to flaunt and flirt with you. My word to you is this. Be very careful when dealing with them. Because these are the women that will set you up to get you locked up. And of course, you don't want to sleep with anyone that's drugged or intoxicated. Just don't do it. If you meet someone in a nightclub or somewhere and they're intoxicated, don't take them to your home. If you're going to do anything, take them home. Don't take them out of state. I don't care if you just live right across the border from another state. If she decides to, she can still get you for kidnapping. Because you didn't get her consent to move her. I'm just telling you. Especially if she's inebriated or high or whatever. When it comes down to the bedroom, sensitivity is king. So this means that you ladies, don't be ashamed of your bodies. If you're with that man and both of you are naked, you're both are vulnerable. And remember, he's intimidated because he does not want to disappoint you. He doesn't want to let you down sexually. You're intimidated because you're worried about the way he's going to accept your body based on what people have told you in the past. You have to let those things go. And that, that insecurity between the both of you actually be the connection for you to be together as a couple. When it comes down to masturbation, ladies, don't be ashamed of it. 
As you know, 76% of men masturbate. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. 68% of you do. So here's the thing. You need to go out and just accept that part of you. And understand that's part of your repertoire. And you're bringing that to the table with a guy. Now I know some of you are at that point where you don't want to be dependent on those tools or objects or fingers. But sometimes that may be the only way you can stimulate yourself, even though he's there. What you have to remember is don't let your guilt, your shame, eclipse an opportunity where the two of you can work together on this. So if you're accustomed to doing that to yourself, explain that to him, but have him incorporated in that process. See, the one thing that people mess up with, especially you ladies when it comes to masturbation, some of you leave the guy out and you're going to do it right in front of him, do it yourself. That's not the way to go. And fellas, teasers do this kind of shit all the time. Where they want to do these things in front of you. Like an exhibitionist. And the minute you try to touch them or be intimate with them, they're like, "Uh uh-uh. Be careful on this. Because I'm telling you, you would get a better benefit from a stripper than you would from a teaser. Because don't forget the stripper will give you a lap dance. Teaser won't. Because she's always trying to be admired. She's looking for attention. She's not looking for love. She's not looking for sex. She's looking for attention. And the best remedy is not to pursue her and try to force yourself on her. The best remedy is to ignore her. That's how you devalue somebody that's really trying to act like they're the shit. You take away the value because you're taking away the currency of attention from them. And they hate that. This is the reason why we used to go to the clubs and these women would act like they were bisexual in order to attract the guys. Because they tried the, you know, legs open, no underwear, that kind of thing. And they saw the guys got over that. They knew, okay, well, <laughs> so what? You know, you're not going to do anything. And so they started doing the kissing and all this stuff, the fondling. And the guys would buy drinks and that kind of thing for them. But once they realized that was just a, you know, non-event, that got old. That's the one thing you have to understand about teasers. They have a very short lifespan when it comes down to being the center of attention. After a while, it's like, okay, you've done that. Okay, that's over with. And what it also tells you is how low their self-esteem is to have to do something like that in order to get attention. Now, here's the thing too. You will find people who may at some point in their lives have an epiphany. And one thing that I chat with a lot of women about, especially in the Middle Ages, they get to a point after they get out of a relationship or a marriage that they want to be appreciated for their physical presence because they haven't been told that by their husband for so long in that relationship or their boyfriend. Because it's assumed they're more like buddies and they want to be appreciated like a woman. And I've heard some women to even come out and say that they're thinking about going and doing porn, that kind of thing. And I always tell them, what triggered that and a lot of times it had to do with a lack of attention from their partner they want to be seen and appreciated there's a lady that wrote me she's 52 years old she has an OnlyFans page where she's doing all kind of crazy things sexually to herself for the attention because she felt neglected when she was married she felt emotionally abandoned she wasn't appreciated her husband wouldn't sleep with her anymore and so she was out there 
it's a hurting thing when you're rejected sexually. Partner's not interested. Now let's go to bed. There was a lady one time that we were talking about possibly having a relationship. This was about maybe a year ago. And she told me, she said, well, I believe in having a non-sexual relationship. I'm like, what the hell is that? She says, well, if we were to have sex, you would have to masturbate and I would masturbate and that would be our sexual gratification. And I'm like, so we would never... She says, no, that would be the beauty of it. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I said, lady, you better go somewhere. And she got upset. She got furious with me about that. And she says, oh, you're just like a stereotypical man. You're always thinking about pounding on us. Well, after a little bit more conversation with her, guess what I found out? Husband used to lay on top of her, and then he'd roll over and fall asleep after he finished. She didn't want to have to go through the experience again. So she was trying to assert her control by using this technique. Now she's going to find a weak man if she hasn't already to do that. But it won't be me. Now, another thing too. Fellas, do not get intimidated, as I said before, by the toys. Women are not so concerned about your size. They're concerned more about the fit. The women that are concerned about size are usually those women that want bragging rights. It's the equivalent of a man bragging about how fine a woman is, right? With her measurements. What she wants to do is to be able to brag about taking a 13, 12 inch penis or whatever. Most of it's going to be hanging outside of her body anyway. But... She just wants to have that thing to say. It's more or less like a milestone for them. That's all that's about. Now, um, another thing too. When it comes down to sex, you and your partner, have those conversations. Don't avoid them. Ladies, don't go and just say, well, you know, we'll talk about that later. No. When the time's appropriate, the two of you really need to talk about it. You need to talk about your plan if you get pregnant. Your plan if you have an STD. Your plan for everything. Getting tested. Those things are going to be important. I know they're not romantic. I know they're not beautiful. I know they don't sound like uh, birds chirping in the air and that kind of thing. But the reason why you want to address this is so that you will have some sort of contingency. If you're doing one night stands, a lot of you do on Tinder, or hookups, please wear a condom for your own safety. I shouldn't have to tell you that. And fellas, Watch her when it comes down to her inviting you to her place on the first date. The answer is no. Possible setup. Because they're doing a lot of that stuff now. Carjacking people for that. So be careful. You want to meet her? If you guys are going to have sex. Maybe a motel somewhere. But you want to make sure her goons are not around. I'm just telling you. Be careful and be safe with that. So I hope these give you some kind of insight on what's going on when it comes down to sex, love, and violence. As you can see, we all have passions, deep passions, and sometimes deep passions for that person. But we also have to look at the passion within that we have to share with people. And this is what you're doing. And it's okay to share. It's not designed for you to keep it all to yourself. Take care, folks.
Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.